0: Welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast where we talk with rad people from all over the planet about their lives and their legendary stories. Today we're talking with Neeraj Chapathy, the co-founder of Honorum, a social media application based upon appreciation that's having an impact all over the world. And we are so excited to announce that during the month of September, Honorum, Vitality, and finally an amazingly huge thank you to our partners On this program, the Uprooted Kitchen in Gilbert, are joining up together to donate $1,000 to ICANN's Youth Core Youth Development Program. For every message that you guys send on the honorum application, telling someone that you love them, that you appreciate them, that you thank them, that you just miss them, we're going to donate a dollar to ICANN. We need a thousand messages to be sent so that we can send 12 students through one month of ICANN's youth development program. That includes meals, that includes after-school tutoring, tutoring, that includes education. And all you have to do is send a positive message. Let somebody know that you care. So download the HonorA Map today. And Listen to the rest of this podcast to know just how amazing Niraj truly is. Without further ado, let's get to becoming legendary with Niraj Tripathi. There are no gold medals for Down Dog. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become, you legendary, become legendary. What adjustments can you Right now to make yourself 100% Your only better. Goal is to be the best version of you. all right Niraj, thank you so much for coming on becoming legendary
1: uh, thank you so much it's always just so much fun to talk to you man so my yeah, pleasure it's great to get to talk
0: to you I'm excited to um, spend a little more time getting to know you so we kind we met we met in Peixoto. You were, you were in Chandler, Arizona.
1: Yeah. And, and currently, you're in India, right? Yes, I am back in India now for the last few weeks. Okay. Uh, where yeah. in India? I am in a place called Kota uh, in the state of Rajasthan. A lot of people have uh, heard desert stories of India, and that desert state is Rajasthan.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you're in India, what does the typical
1: day in your life look like? Uh, I'm an early person, so I try to get up in the morning, like five, five thirty in the morning. Uh, I like to start my morning with, you know, whatever meditation, yoga, uh, some exercise in the morning. Then about eight, eight thirty is when uh, work kicks in, and work is, uh, as you're aware, uh, honorum a uh, company that I run, and then takes me till seven, eight, nine in the night for as long as uh, we have to be there midnight or one in the two and then you know you come back uh, have uh, dinner with the family go back to sleep and uh, the cycle starts again so yeah uh, i actually have uh, my extended family here as well my mom has like four of her sisters in the same town so okay. uh, we have relatives so once in a while you know you get to get to just get together with the family yeah
0: that's that's a nice feature
1: that's a bonus oh that is a great feature that's yeah. why, why do you think i'm back in that <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your early
1: morning meditative practice. What's that like? Uh, I liked. I don't know if you have heard of this meditation practice called Vipassana. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last time when I was in US, actually, right before I probably met you, is when I had my first ten day Vipassana course. Yeah. Uh, that just blew me away, and uh, since then I just tried to sit for about an hour. Okay. Uh, during the day, uh, just sit peacefully. And, you know, Vipassana has a specific technique of how you need to observe the vibrations of your body. Mm. So uh, I just try to do that. And, yeah, that's about it. So you did, you did 10 days totally silent? Yes, that was a totally silent, uh, no communication with the, with the outer world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, is, it, it, it was tough. It was like 11 hours a day doing meditation. Right?
0: What was there any specific insights that you garnered out of those those 10 days
1: oh man that's an interesting question i mean i can talk about it uh, for hours uh, but you know one thing that very clearly jumped out was uh, i was really i am deciding every moment whether uh, i am happy or sad or excited uh, and uh, you know before this i used to give a lot of significance to my thoughts uh but i think after having done this for last you know few months uh, i more and more I lear- i'm learning that you know thoughts come and go they disturb you at the surface but if if i can maintain this calmness at the bottom uh overall overall uh happiness index, so to say, just, uh, has shot up for me. Satisfaction level has just shot up for me Yeah, because I've started to give lesser, <laughs> lesser significance to those, this, you know, roaming thoughts that come and go.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, there were, there were a lot, a lot of, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of learning in those 10 days. Uh, the first time ever in last, whatever three decades, three and a half decades, I did something like this. So, uh, it was, it was nice.
0: Yeah. It's really, I mean, if you think about, the modern society it's very rare that humans go 10 minutes while being awake without having some type of stimulus <laughs> yes, uh, so yes. to not have to not have anything for 10 days i think is something that people really even struggle conceptualizing and i mean yeah. that's no reading that's that's no looking at your phone that's that's it's no communication
1: and they even actually ask you and i found that to be pretty strict in the beginning that, you know, you have your, uh, fellow meditators there. You are not supposed to be looking in yeah. their eyes. You can't even talk with their eyes or expressions. So yeah, you are expected to walk, you know, walk just looking at the ground. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was tough, but I am, I would do, you know, if you or anybody I know wants to ever do this, I would do whatever you want you to do so that you can just, you know, go and experience this amazing, amazing thing. Got it. So that's really yeah. impactful for you. Yeah, yeah, a big milestone uh, for me. A big milestone for me. Yeah. Okay, so you
0: mentioned you're you're a co-founder of Honorum. Yes, and that Honorum's a a really a new social media platform. And I think I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe Honorum, but I think it's really a platform designed around an appreciation practice. Is that how do you describe Honorum?
1: Uh, You know, Honorum as an organization. Uh, I describe an initiative that is working to improve emotional and psychological health of people, yeah. right? Uh, there is one aspect of it, and that is onarum social networking platform. Uh, I'll, you know, briefly talk about that. But uh, there are other efforts that we make, like we, we go to schools and students of 6 to 12 years of age uh, come up with fun activities that we can do with them, so that they develop healthy mindset towards problems like gender inequality, violence against women, and things like that. We have another program where we recruit ambassadors in colleges, and these ambassadors go around in the campus and again, you know, spread awareness on social problems, help people develop healthy mindset. Uh, and then this last thing is honorum social networking platform. This is really uh, one of the most ambitious uh, efforts of the all three where we think that in today's uh, day and age, it is so easy to reach out to people. All these social networks have already proven that, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but, But so far, nobody is paying attention to how do we systematically use this newfound power of talking to people to actually... Help them develop healthy mindsets. Uh, yeah. In contrast to that, all the all the research that is happening out there it says uh, that in the name of getting connected, there have been significant rise in uh, the cases of depression, There is significant rise in the cases of attempted suicide, loneliness, etc. Et so Honorum Social Network is designed as a social platform that is based on scientific principles. To help people feel you know psychologically better so yeah. you know how does it do that it does it doesn't do it by preaching you, you know you, you you do you have to be psychologically healthy or whatever uh, we have based this platform on the theme of gratitude uh, gratitude has been you know very scientifically proven that how it helps people so we encourage people on this platform to exchange messages of appreciation as you had started to talk about uh, we have designed we have already defined some themes it's not like on other platforms that you can you can talk about yourself you can share your pictures etc you can't do that on Honorum. on Honorum, you can send messages uh, based on predefined themes and what are those themes themes are like a thank you message so uh, every time i send a thank you message to you patrick i'm not talking about myself i'm highlighting something positive that you have done for me yeah uh Similarly, they, you know there are other themes like "Miss You," "I Like You," etc. But all the themes are designed to be positive, constructive, uh, trying to highlight the positive in the world uh, instead of focusing on the negative.
0: So I think, I think you clarified you clarified some things in my mind that are really important that I want to kind of highlight. Number one, while while we describe these platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as social media, because the concept was to create links. Really what we're doing is we're playing show and tell with our stuff. So we're taking whatever we have and we're putting it up and we're flashing in front of everybody. And we're hoping that people like the things we flash at them. Like it's a very primitive, it's a very primitive thing. Um, yeah. and what you've done is you've, you've rethought about that process and actually Built a platform that creates connection because it's about it's about other people. So your entire platform is about sharing appreciation, love, whatever it is about someone else. Absolutely, and that is a really it's a really unique thing, and it's also really interesting that social media doesn't actually incorporate that type of thing in what it is. And
1: and I'll tell you why. Right, it's very simple. Uh... The reason it has not been included so far is what we are also learning the hard way. Uh, human being is designed for survival, yep. uh, is wired for the instinct of survival. Survival depends on fear, negativity, right? So the emotion, these emotions are intrinsically, fundamentally wired to get your attention and uh, to spread that more. Similarly, you know, self-gratification based on uh, getting your praise, etc. These are all those habits which get you to click, yeah. which get you to do something. And hence, uh, and gratitude is on the other side, is an emotion. It's like yoga, right? I mean, you have to practice it for some time before the benefit comes up. And once you, once you understand it, you are going to go for it. But it's not something that uh, instantly catches anybody's uh, attention. So, hence, if you are an in industry who is doing everything you can to make money get people to just spend their time on it uh, you will focus on something else but yeah honorum never started out with that honorum uh, there is a you know a long lot long but interesting story behind uh, inception of honorum and our mission is really to make uh, uh, to create a compassionate world uh, to create a platform that uh, you would like to have your kid on that hey you know just uh, check this platform for yeah. 5 minutes a day that's where this will help you right Man, that uh, that's a real there's a couple
0: of really important things. Everything you do is so just the the depth of what you offer is really important. And I I hope that I'm skilled enough to kind of help help share the depth of everything. Um, One of the things that I find really interesting about the Internet in general is that while it's given us this amazing access to essentially all the information that there is. What what doing that has done is really created disruption in in societal norms. So if we roll back the clock a hundred years, even 50 years, the importance of elders in our society was massively impactful because because people had, had been able to experience more of the world than we had. Now we can experience the whole world without getting out of our chair. And we've, we've really replaced um, societal elders with, the, with an internet screen. Absolutely, yeah. So, and that is creating some really significant disruption. Because the reality is a 12-year-old today can know way more about the world than an 80-year-old. Because they know how to use, utilize the tools. Yeah. So now we have this really topsy-turvy information component. And the internet just keeps driving that wedge further and further apart if we keep utilizing it in, in a way where we pretend like it fits into our society. So we have to create reworking of that framework in order for it to help heal society and heal, heal communities, heal families, heal people
1: you you are absolutely right and, and you're actually touching on uh, one very important aspect and that is if you talk about 100 years ago right there were uh, three elements that were uh, the dominant factors in uh, giving a person a specific mindset or morals or whatever you want to call them and these used to be an extended family of elders that a kid used to uh, had the privilege to grow up with uh, religion and Time of their parents now if if i touch upon each one of these right religion we all know as you know science is growing uh, more and more youngsters are slowly going away from religion if not completely going away from religion maybe they are not as uh, involved in the practices to really get the the value system then uh, comes extended family i mean more and more nuclear families even in places like india i had the privilege of growing up with my granddad and i see nobody around me being able to do that and it just it was such an amazing experience to see life from that aspect where everything slows down and things like that and i mean i carry values what my granddad gave me and the third one is uh, parents more and more families are, you know, whoever are moving to cities, uh, both parents have to work and if both parents have to work, the kid has to go to daycare or whatever or school. And uh, in some societies, I mean, education is about making a person uh, skilled to get employment. And hence, most of the focus is on making a person employable. Uh, You know, advanced countries, like maybe even in US, part of US and San Francisco area, I see a lot of focus on giving values as well. But, I see no going back. I think uh, we as humanity are going to continue to go in this direction. Like religion is going to go down. Uh, Not many many people will will be able to live with extended families. So we are creating a big void with technology. And there has to something else more systematic come up to fill that void as far as, you know, it's about a child's moral values or you know social and emotional well-being and uh, Honor really tries to we can't fill the whole gap we realize that right but we want to give a part of it we want to if people are going towards online interactions how about we engineer those online interactions that you know students or kids can still get the right values. So that's the hope. That's where we are heading. Yeah,
0: And it it really, the platform itself attracts positive people because positive people are going to want to share appreciation of other people and people that just want to hold up their shiny, flashy things are just not going to be interested in that.
1: Yeah, because when you come there, you have to first appreciate someone. And if you are... uh, nice person, then somebody is eventually going to appreciate you as well. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it is, uh, it is based on the, as you're saying, it is not about you. Uh, the positive people, more constructive people, uh, have inherently joined the platform so far.
0: Yeah. And I, I think this is an important thing. I know, I know one of the things that everybody asks is why do I, why do I want another social platform? Why don't I just appreciate people on Facebook? And my response right away is you tell me why you don't, cause you don't do it. You've had do Facebook it. for 15 years, so you've not done yes. it. So that's yes. not pretend like you're just going to start doing it because history shows you're not going to do it. So rewire your framework, rewire your mind, just like meditation rewires the way you think using a yes. different social platform rewires the way you interact
1: absolutely right i give an answer uh to this question one is what you just said another one is say i mean if you want to do meditation you are not going to go to a dance bar and do meditation it just is it's not going to pro it's there's nothing wrong in the dance bar it just doesn't have the ambience for you to feel what you need to feel right so for something like this it's better kept at a separate place where and these emotions right when you're telling saying somebody uh thank you or miss you or love you. These are very personal emotions, right? Yeah. You don't want them to be uh, in the middle of all the other crap that goes on in other pl- platforms. So yeah, uh, if this works, this is only going to work, we feel, if kept separate, if it yeah. has its own ambience like on a room.
0: Yeah, it's it's like... A... It's like a, a consecrated space, right? It's a protected yeah. space that's just really sacred, and only only positivity can really be there. Otherwise, yes. it loses its energy.
1: Yes, yes. And idea isn't to make this positivity a serious thing, right? Uh, but you know, keep it fun, light, but keep it positive. Yeah. Don't uh, don't uh, allow any any angle of negativity in this. That's that's the that's the goal.
0: So you you touched on this you briefly touched on this but can you can you detail out how
1: honorum became a thing Uh right so actually uh I first like to share what my background is and that that makes the story uh a uh, little more uh, surprising that why would somebody of this background actually come and do this uh, so i am actually a physicist uh, phys- physics enthusiast from childhood i managed to get into a decent college uh, engineering college in india uh, took up physics as my major uh, enjoyed doing that uh, managed to get into that's when i actually got uh, got to us uh, i managed to get into state university of new york albany for a phd program and focused on semiconductor physics uh, i love that i had the luxury not luxury, privilege to work with nasa for about five and a half years uh, doing research on some of the fancy things they send out on spacecrafts to detect life on other planets etc then uh, uh, right after that i got another five years of uh, experience doing collaborative research uh, with IBM research alliance we were making these chips on uh, that you are using on iphone 6 etc the processors that make it faster we were the, the research team on that uh, so it was not like i had ever planned to do this uh, i was enjoying uh, enjoying my physics and the the life of it but then something really terrible happened in india at the end of 2012 uh, this may actually disturb some of uh, your audiences but, uh, the incidence is this, that the, a girl was, uh, gang raped on a bus and this caught international attention. So most of your viewers may even actually know this. Yeah. And that girl really, uh, died, uh, after a few days. Uh, the gory details of this specific incident, uh, kind of shook me and, uh, you know, the, another co-founder of honor, which is my elder brother. And, uh, we started to just ask ourselves that, uh, we are, we are solving problems of science and technology. Can we use our brains to actually uh, work on a social problem like this, which is violence against women? And after, you know, we, we kind of just committed that, okay, let's not let this event not be one of those where when something terrible happens, all of us get shaken up and then we start living our lives again. Yeah. So we just committed each, each other that let's talk every day, you know, 15 minutes in the morning and the evening, and see what we want to do if we can do something. So our thought was a problem like violence against women, the root cause of it is mindset of an individual. Uh, there are a lot of factor, other factors to it, like education, culture, law and order. But even places like United States, right? All of this exists, but one in five women have been sexually assaulted. So what we felt passionate about is if that time we had we had no idea that we are going to do it it was just an experiment question that if we had the power and resources uh, we will actually work on the mindset we will actually work on trying to help a kid uh, get better values towards that eventually serve the long term problem or the social problem and then soon enough we realized that i don't know why Violence against women. Most social problems have their root cause in mindset. So it's kind of became the initiative that uh, we decided that we want to create uh, an organization that systematically uses all modes of communication. For example, you know, I would love to see like artificial reality coming, virtual reality coming into picture, which is uh, going to engage people in different way, a very much more different way than what we are used to today uh so hopefully on, and on will have those aspects working on it that if a, if a game is created a game should be created on a kid is walking on the street there are a few events happening on the on the road what should the kid do you know try to come up with all ways to pretty much uh help people develop healthy mindset so yeah that's the background uh i had not i had no idea that i will actually uh quit my job and settle life and the safety of a paycheck for this but uh I mean, we got very passionate about this. Both me, my brother, and another uh, friend of ours, we quit our jobs, and now them is what uh, we live for. Yeah, I I love it. There,
0: there are so there are so many of these stories that um, we've been interacting with just just on becoming legendary about people being really brave and and leaving leaving what they kind of had built their life around. And I think that's one of the things that people don't always appreciate, because it sounds really romantic to quit your job and to to just throw up and you're free and you're all great. But then you get outside, you get in the parking lot and you don't have a job. And that's a that's a it's a really scary thing. And I think it's a really honorable and and thing that that really should be appreciated instead of kind of like, oh, yeah, I wish I was brave enough to do that. Just appreciate the people that have done it and know that it's not easy because it's a struggle when you when
1: you leave that safety. So, uh, you know, on this, uh, I, I've had a few of my friends or colleagues when I was putting my job coming up to me saying, uh, tell me how you were able to make this brave decision right yeah and when the first time i was asked this i gave it a thought i felt it wasn't brave i you know i will give you my perspective to it you know the way i say it is love is freaking blind there is no rational for us it was just difficult to continued living our lives uh, like while on the job i'm actually thinking about oh i want to start this i want to start this let me find some time so uh, for us it ended up reaching to that level where uh, i mean i still think it was not a rational decision i mean there is no paycheck that is going to come and this is the it's not our expertise if somebody asks me, "Oh, have you ever solved a social problem?" No, I have not solved a social problem. Has anybody in your team <laughs> solved problem? No, we have not. So, why would you quit your job to do something like this? Uh, so, I mean, I say, uh, for at least for us, it was love is blind, and we were we just felt too passionate about it. Uh, and most people I most people I have seen quitting their jobs, they end up just feeling that. And it is not that it is inherent. We actually, I remember seeing so many TED talks. Where uh, just hearing these stories of people uh, taking that plunge, yeah. and the more you see that, the more you hear those stories, and then you ask yourself, "Is this really as much, uh, you know, worthwhile for you?" Uh, and then yeah, it was like, "Yeah, I mean, clear answer is no." Let's just uh, yes, it is. So let's just jump into this. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I um, I commend you, and and I, I really. Thank you. <laughs> the uh I hope that the group of I hope that the collective group of people that are willing to kind of walk away from from things that they don't find fulfilling if you find your if you find what you're doing fulfilling and it's providing you everything that you need then there's no reason yeah. to leave like that yeah, should be yeah. what you do but um ec- experiencing your life to its fullest potential is something that I really believe everybody should jump into fullheartedly, And, and this, this is a great way to do it. I got to say,
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm living a dream. I, I tell this to people I'm living, a, uh, living a dream.
0: Yeah. I love that. How great is that? Yeah. When you look back at your, at your existence so far, who are the Who are the people that influenced you the most? Your your mentors, or or somebody who really put an idea into your life that kind of changed the course of your existence? Uh,
1: yeah, clearly it starts out with uh, my parents. Uh, they uh, they both have done their you know 95, nine to five jobs all their life, but uh, somehow in our family, I have seen uh, them always looking at how they can help the unprivileged. Uh, There have been examples in our family uh, which we always knew. I mean, nobody else knew, but we always know that how they have been uh, without anybody else finding out, supporting people around them. Then I remember when I was doing my job in U.S., uh, one fine day, I don't remember how it started, but my dad asked me, don't ever be too proud. You are like... 99.99% 99.99% people on this planet who are able to earn their living, and that's how they are spending their life. Uh, I would be proud, you know, if you were actually creating employment for somebody else, or you were doing something for the society. So I didn't know that that will stay in my mind for so long. But yeah, you know, those are one. Those are how parents. I mean, they yeah. have given all the values that they have provided. Uh, uh, but jumping into this, I think. Uh, the seed is uh, coming from parents, and then I have had uh, a great number of mentors in my in my job. Uh, people like Andy Bryant, um, Bob Miller. Uh, these guys helped me understand uh, how to value contribution of every everything that is around you. Like you know, when you are in a job and you are managing team of ten people, uh, there are what those 10 people are being able to deliver to you is actually coming from such a long chain of people that you don't even see. Uh, So yeah, these are very subtle things, but uh, they have had these things, these instructions have had great influence on me. My PhD advisor, Shadi, she, she pushed me like, I thought, man, I'm doing enough, but she will prove me wrong. And she will prove me that, yes, you can do more than (laughs) what you think you are doing. You know? So uh yeah, there are just a lot of people, uh, but mostly in this journey, I think most of the strength and uh, the values come from my parents.
0: And that's, that's, that's a great place for strength and values to come from.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, one of, I actually, based on that, one of the things that Anuram is trying to do is uh, uh, coming up with these about 15, 30 minutes of activities that we create and we give it out for free. To all the parents who want to have a productive or uh, a healthy discussion with with a kid, let's say if it is about bullying, yeah, a lot of parents don't have time to research what how how to talk to kids about bullying. So uh, we come up with how they can talk to bullying uh, to their kids about bullying. So yes, I mean parents are a, uh, are one of the most important pillars in creating a good society. Yeah, and, and honor is trying to uh, trying to help that cause as well. And
0: I. Again, just another thing that's super, super important. I mean, yes, bullying is one of those things that affected me personally. And you can see how it affects people kind of lifelong, lifelong implications of something that happens when you are 12 years old. And uh, it's having those conversations and just opening those doors, um, between parent child interaction is such a, such an amazing opportunity. So the fact that you guys put those together as, as suggested kind of templates to create a a stronger bond is, is just really awesome.
1: Yes. Uh, I, I mean, that's the beauty of today's technology. I mean, think of it. If Facebook comes up with one new feature on the app, the whole world knows about it within seven days, yeah. and United Nation comes up with these, you know, sustainable goals. And ninety percent of the people around me don't know about their existence. So it's really uh, we can we can educate people faster. We can help people faster uh, with the technology. So uh, that's really the goal. Yeah,
0: technology technology has this massive potential for healing. But because we have our, because our brains are the highest kind of tool in, in the, in the existence of, of our known universe, right? I mean, our brains have created everything, everything that we have. So they have, they have capacity to create things that are hard to imagine for the most of us. Most of us aren't rocket scientists, (laughs) Niraj. I see where this is coming from. Okay. But, but, we ha- we've allowed our our brains to kind of pull and extract or we've designed the technology specifically to pull and extract and kind of draw into the extremes of the brains because extremes are easy and sure. and that's that's the real challenge is monetizing things uh by make by pulling people towards their extremes is the easiest way to extract the most amount of money from them and that's yeah, sure. that's what most technology companies are going to do
1: and, and it's easy, right? Monetary rewards are the easiest thing to provide satisfaction, and uh, and satisfaction. Those rewards have become the biggest driver for pretty much anything and everything we do. So yeah. uh, it's understandable. Yeah,
0: I wanna I wanna get just a little bit more into into your childhood and just kind of learn how how you became you. So starting out just with with. The, the fact that you've lived in, in India and you've lived in the U.S., mm-hmm. what's something that you wish most U.S. citizens knew about India?
1: Uh, I think how our local communities uh, interact. Uh, it's changing here as well, but uh, in the kind of community I grew up, your whole we call it mohalla like you know the society local society it's it's your family everybody knows everybody else's uh, business but at the same time everybody cares for everybody else's business yeah uh, i think the value system where how kids are uh, kind of taught right from the childhood that uh, they sh- should be taking care of their elders when they grow older uh, so I still find, I mean, one of the things that uh, really saddened me in the U.S. when the first time I noticed it uh, was this, I think, 85-year-old lady uh, living by herself uh, in an apartment. And uh, uh, I just felt that loneliness in her. Yeah. And in India, this is still very common and uh, kind of uh, considered normal that your parents, as they grow older, they live with you. with with you so i think that is one thing if uh, i've lived in u.s for over 12 years now uh, i wish if i could bring something there would be uh, for families to live together Uh, you know i understand living by yourself in your 30s 40s but uh, as as the parents get older uh, i would love to see more more families worldwide yeah uh, children children being able to take care of the of the parents
0: Yeah. I, that's an it's an interesting, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot and, um, I, we owe it, we owe it to our, we owe it to our parents, um, to, to take care of them in the same way that they took care of us. And that that's your opportunity to, to give back and and really make, make that exchange equal, semi-equal.
1: Yes. Uh, and I, I mean, I've been thinking about this uh, a lot as well. And sometimes the way people travel uh, for the jobs and employment and uh, parents not wanting to leave their hometown, etc., because they have lived all their life there. So uh, these things uh, offer some different kind of challenges. But I was very impressed. I did not know these things existed. But last time I was in the Bay Area, uh, I saw I met this elderly man, and he was living in a community housing and when he mentioned i I live in a community housing, I thought it is a housing where elderly you know after their retirement, they move in. So I asked, "Oh, so how many elders live there?" He's like, no, "No, no, it's not just for for the elderly people. it's a community of people who want their families to be living in community housing, so we have kids going to high schools we have kids who, have, who are just going to college just that the setting is such that all of us uh, live as a family like yeah. we have a common kitchen etc so i would i mean where kids cannot take care of uh, or you know it's not possible for different valid reasons that kids and parents cannot live together i hope these kind of uh, different initiatives come up where elderly can get a good emotional nourishment uh, as they as they age and i'm sure they will age better uh, so much better uh, with with that emotional support
0: and i it's interesting i i didn't i didn't know that there were that these things were happening in in giant uh, metropolitan areas like san francisco yeah. or bay area but but knowing that that's happening and I really feel like there there has to be a shift back towards some type of communal living. Uh yeah. whatever that is, whether whether it's segmenting off into smaller smaller communities or whether it's it's just sharing a cooking space or whether it's going full on commune. I'm I'm not sure, but I do feel like there has to be a shift because we as a we as a world society seem to be creating more and more walls between our neighbors and our community and our existence and it does not improve the the area that we live in in any way
1: yeah, yeah. yes 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 uh, i think uh, i i'm hopeful that uh, it's a cycle of initially most of the world uh, suffering because of low economic development where people had issues just finding food to eat so everybody was just running after how can i have more food more luxury more more material and as some societies in the world are reaching to a place where that's no more like food is not the problem i think uh, these values and uh, the satisfaction level towards the end of your life these things are coming back that hey you know after doing all this i'm still not happy i i need human beings around me and yeah. uh, i think uh, those communities are coming up with these innovative solutions
0: yeah not only do you need human beings around you but you need to appreciate the human beings around you
1: absolutely yeah i mean you you uh, you will realize the moment you have you realize that oh i need human beings the appreciation will automatically <laughs> come in that yeah my parents were a good good support system Okay. Let's,
0: let me, let me jump in. Um, let me, let me switch subjects and just throw you completely off. What's the best purchase you've ever made in your life?
1: What's the best purchase I have ever made in my life? Man, I really can't even think that what all I have purchased if I accumulated anything, I think, uh, the best kind of material thing that has served me well is my bicycle. Okay. Uh, when I was in, uh, Albany, I went to buy a bicycle and uh, I didn't think I'll be buying anything more than $400. And somehow this <laughs> the, the salesman, he was pointing towards a bike which was right uh, next to it. And he's like, oh, this is a good bike. And I touched it. It was so light. I took it for a ride. I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm going to buy. And I, he said, oh, but this is a little expensive. It's, uh, for me, it was expensive. It was like $1,300. But yeah, that's somehow an I made, <laughs> yeah. So, somehow I made that uh, call that no, now I can. I am going to buy this. Uh, but it has served me well, not because it was a great bike, but uh, I ended up having some knee injuries over the period of time, and somehow that bike was there to uh, take care of me yeah. or you know help me heal that. So I find that that purchase has been uh, un- uh, unintentionally has been uh, the best purchase.
0: I figured it would have to be something semi, semi-nomadic semi because you live a
1: semi-nomadic life, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And that bike goes with me uh, when I'm in the Bay Area, it is in the car. And then when I'm in Colorado, it is in the car. When I was in Arizona, it was in my car yeah. uh, when I actually saw you. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: <laughs> it, it goes with me everywhere.
0: <laughs> I love that. Um if you could know the absolute truth to any question, what would that question be?
1: I don't even have uh, any anyway, questions. I think right now the question would be how can I make every living being, if not living being, human being, compassionate? Mm. Uh, that's my goal. Uh, yeah. Like, what is that trigger? Uh, through which I can make every human being uh, compassionate.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that. It is. It is uh, just. If if there is one quality I could give, uh, I don't have kids, but I would like to have my kids or any kids have, and that is compassion. Uh, if you have that, I think most social, like not social problems. I think we all be we all will be living in good harmony with the mother nature, uh, and nothing else will be needed.
0: It's so true. That's a that's a great that's a really great point. If you can just if you can just increase the compassion dial just a little bit on everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All problems will go away. You know, the nature problems will go away. The climate problems will go away. The war problems will go away. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I'm a big fan of uh, compassion. <laughs> You're making me an even bigger fan of compassion. Yeah, this is.
0: Are there any books, podcasts, TED talks that you feel like are must have material
1: for for anyone looking to kind of grow as a as a human? Uh, I have not spent, you know, too much time uh, reading a lot of books, but you know, TED talks are uh, I am a big fan. I think that audio audiovisual way of communicating a living beings uh, passion has just worked wonders for me. Uh, and this is how I started, and maybe people can st- if anybody wants to start, can st- start as well. Uh, th- there is a title called, you know, Seven Most Inspiring TED Talks uh, that talks about an individual in India who started uh, to make sanitary pads because he wanted to help his wife living in the village who didn't have sanitary pads. Uh, he had no idea of. I mean, that's these are my ideals. He 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 had a shop where I think he was a mechanic uh, fixing cars. And here he gets married. He sees his wife suffering and using s- some crazy health hazard things. So yeah. he just went and has made the one of the most economic sanitary pads uh, ever. Uh, there are other talks where people have started just out of nowhere, some compassion uh, compassion experiments around the world that caught uh, attention everywhere. So I would start with uh, these talks, seven most inspiring TED Talks. And uh, they, if they don't inspire you, go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, that sounds like a great place to start. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish... Is there one thing that you wish people knew about the honor platform?
1: Uh, yes. And that is every time you are going to use it, be it as a consumer of information or be it you actually send a message on there, you will be psychologically and emotionally a healthier and a happier human being. Uh, even if you got a chance, you know, download it, just browse through for the first five minutes write for yourself on a piece of paper before starting it, how were you feeling? And, you know, try to note down, how do you feel after that? Yeah. Uh, I bet you, uh, you would be, you would be feeling something moving. You will be feeling uh, emotions that will just be healthy for you.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to put a,
0: a 30 second, 60 second tracker um which is just an excel sheet that we have for kind of tracking how you feel in the in the show notes of this podcast so if you want sure. to track how you feel uh using honorum there'll be there'll be a sheet for you guys in the show notes That's nice. Um last question for you Niraj and first off I really appreciate you taking the time out of out of the day I know you're a busy man to to sit with us. My last question is do you have any questions for me?
1: Uh- Yes tell me tell me about how uh, these legendary pod- podcasts have helped you uh, grow as an individual yeah
0: Whew. this this podcast really started just um it was a fun way for me to get to interact with people and i've been really really blessed to get to speak with just amazing and rad people like like you, uh, like Doctor Stickler, just people that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to interact with for an hour with without this. So personally, I've had this amazing opportunity to have conversations with just some of the most amazing people on the planet. But it's also it's shown me these repetitive patterns. And if you listen, if you listen to all this, this is the twenty first episode that will will be out. Uh, if you listen to the previous. 20 episodes, you'll, you'll see that there are these repeated patterns and people who are making these legendary, these legendary steps and they become a template. So that if you want to create an impact on society and you want to create an impact on the world, it's the things that everybody keeps saying, the, the similar things of I want to show I want to show appreciation. I want my community to be better. I want to make sure that people take care of other people. These are things that just keep happening. And it makes it really easy to identify the things that we need to do because these really special people keep calling out all of these same check things, checkpoints, and we might as well just make a checklist and start your life based around that checklist. Like, this have I appreciated so it? Yeah,
1: this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is so amazing. Yeah. This <laughs> is amazing. And, you know, that when you actually bring this up, that uh, you, you are really observing a pattern there. Uh, have you ever thought of actually you know all the all the people uh, you you get you are talking to uh, maybe creating a community of those people and uh, i'm assuming all of these individuals are great human beings and uh, you know maybe there there's an opportunity for people to share ideas on the challenges they are facing in you know bringing change so i for sure you know while i'm trying to create compassion as the baseline we keep running into hurdles and yeah. maybe these uh, these wonderful human beings they all have uh, an ideas to you know help each other out yeah it's a i haven't but i love i love the idea i
0: love the concept and the more kind of similar similarly functioning minds working on on projects there are the the faster these problems get solved
1: yes and uh, and I believe an individual like me and you, and I have, you know, spoken to you a uh, few on a few occasions yeah. and I uh, completely believe in this fact. And that is positive human beings are always looking to contribute. They are the first question ask is not what is it there for me? The first thing is, Hey, this guy is trying to do something good. How can I first,
0: just yeah.
1: add value? That's so true. It's that the, the way people interact and
0: think about, problems um really does massively impact and if we can get people if we get everybody to think how can i contribute we can solve all of these problems
1: yes 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 <sighs> okay last question and this is go ahead sorry, go ahead no no, bring no, no it up. i was just saying I, i'm just you know every time i speak to you i just just wait for the next time I will get to talk to you. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, yes. You're the best, Niraj. See
0: I feel the exact same way for you. It's just it's just a it's like a it's like opening a present every time I get to chat with you.
1: Thank you, yeah. <laughs>
0: um I I wanna ask this just because I I wanna get um your perspective. I assume that you're familiar with, but let me just start there. Are you familiar with sakuru Uh
1: Isha Foundation? Yeah. Yeah I yeah I I am aware of uh, him yes what
0: are you, what are your thoughts on on sakura uh
1: i will say that there are a lot of his views that have caught me by surprise that is man that is an interesting way to look at this uh and i will be uh, not lying if i say that i have tried to find his views on whichever medium i could Right. So I, I find his uh, I find his suggestions. I find his way of looking at things very interesting. Uh, there are some aspects of it when it gets religious. Uh, I try to uh, yeah. I have not paid a lot of attention to that. But every time it comes to social problems and his way of looking at why that social problem exists, uh, I find it fascinating. Uh, I have even forwarded some of the videos to my friends. And that makes me wonder where, where have you come up with, uh, (laughs) (laughs) this question and how did you encounter Sadhguru?
0: So, so Erica introduced me to Sadhguru and, um, kind of in the same, same way that I think everybody here finds him through, through YouTube. So Erica, Erica found some of his YouTube videos and she was really motivated and impacted by them. Um, and I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's an interesting guy. And then um, Erica invited me very graciously to go with her to uh, an inner engineering program. Okay. And we went out to Long Beach and we, we spent the weekend with uh, Sakuru teaching. And he really shifted um, – that weekend really shifted the way I – I looked at the reality of existence. <laughs> it was a very, yes, it, was, it was a yeah. very impactful, it was a very impactful weekend, and I didn't go into it with any expectations at all. I um, and I, I didn't particularly enjoy the weekend that I, I spent there. I felt like uh, I was really uncomfortable. I wasn't getting a lot out of it, um, but there was enough. There was enough of like a, he, just the way he, the way he presents is um, really. It's re- really done well there's a there's a method to his madness right he for he, sure has his own energetic field but he also he's using he's using a lot of science um behind the scenes you can see the kind of science behind the scenes if you're willing to look and the way he influences um the community psychologies. it was just it it was a great thing it was uh, i it was an impactful thing. So I always... Because you can tell me, but he seems to be a, an incredibly well-known human in India.
1: Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and he's not that well-known in the States. Um, yes. So it seems it's it he's just a very interesting person to me and um i i've definitely benefited greatly from from some of his teachings so i always just like to get people's opinion because i think it's interesting and fascinating
1: yeah uh i mean this is where almost this is where i stand on uh, uh Isha foundation and Sadhguru's words that it has definitely caught my attention with the uh, the way he looks at things yeah it's funny i actually came Across his personality for the first time in one of the news debates in India, okay, and uh, they wanted to have an spiritual uh, person give uh, his opinion on one of the national issue. Uh, I'm not sure if it was that time violence against women or one of the you know politics or whatever. But the first time when I saw him, I'm like, what is this mystic doing in this uh, uh, people who who try to call themselves uh, intellectual and uh, why. But the moment he started talking and the logical way of trying to put things uh, just didn't make me look at him as a spiritual leader or whatever. I just felt like he seems like he's an intellectual person who knows actually how to talk and not shout. Like, you know, most of the debates people start to shout and he is very calmly putting his points and most of his points are something that people don't have a way to you know come back at uh, with those arguments so he caught my attention and then uh, uh, again I think he has an amazing social media team yeah who uh, knows exactly how to get the audience as well so he was in my YouTube feeds <laughs> few times and, uh, and now here here there is this uh, gentleman named Patrick ben and I am fond of he's talking about him I don't know if, if he's working on me or not
0: <laughs> oh, i love it neeraj thank you so much man this has been just an absolute pleasure for me
1: oh no thank you thank you uh, really uh, this is a really good way to spend friday evening uh, talking to you yeah and hopefully we'll find more time to you know, catch up soon i agree so so much thank you chat with you soon thank you see you Bye bye